Check out this fantastic podcast. Episode 214, David Shepard, how to present magically using NLP. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, the alpha round. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, founder of Awaken Your Alpha, TEDx keynote speaker and best-selling author. I'm with you on this journey every week. If you have any interest in podcasts, living life to the max, and how you can get your own TEDx talk, within the next three months, you need to reach out to me. Go over, follow all the links, and head over to ayalpha.com, head over to Facebook, and search for Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, and jump on the inside. Let's connect, let's take it to the next level. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. Right, we've got a great one today. It's all about presenting magically. We've got David Shepard on the line, and David's from the Performance Partnership, and his personal mission is to make things, make the seemingly impossible possible, I should say. Um, he's undoubtedly a genius, okay, because he's spent, you know, over, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big title to drop right at the start, but he spent ten, well over 10,000 hours of immersing himself in the task of sort of presenting magically in NLP. He really is a master trainer. Um, he's really the trainer's trainer. Um, we're going to dive in. I, I came across David uh, for a mutual friend, and then I saw him speak at an event, and it, it was a quite a short presentation. But again, it was all about impact. And I've since read his book, uh, Presenting Magically, and it impacted my next talk I did, and I loved it. And it's really opened my eyes to digging into kind of like the the next level, as it is when it comes to speaking and presenting, um, and, and really what he made look very easy. He talked about and talked us all through it and it didn't reduce the impact of what he was doing, even though he was telling us that he was doing it. So we're going to dig straight in. Firstly, David, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Yes, I am totally ready to awaken my alpha. <laughs> Good. Um, and in I know fact, you've just... This you... isn't the first time I've awakened my alpha today. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he did start the interview in his vest. He just back from Hawaii. Um, he's got a lot of washing on the go at the moment, so I'm um, appreciating well, taking the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the glamorous side, the behind the scenes. I can always cut it as well. Um, so, is there anything you'd like to add, highlight? Because I mean, your bio, I could have gone on for even longer than I did. You've done a lot, but is there anything you'd like to highlight or pick out from that? Well, I think the thing that hit me the most was when you, when you said I was a genius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, because, it's, it's, it's on your well, it's on your bio, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to chuck that in there, and then we can we can talk about that." As in, like, what what class okay. is a genius? Yeah, <laughs> obviously, I didn't write my bio. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they used the Malcolm Gladwell definition. Said, "Well, if you've done this, you're undoubtedly a, a genius." <laughs> it's yeah, more the hours you've spent sort of mastering your craft as a base yeah. level, and then yeah, as I say, it's it's hard. It's you kind of have to leave for others to decide whether you're a genius. You just do your thing as you are. <laughs> But the thing that immediately clipped into my mind when you said genius was my school days, <laughs> um, where I was most definitely not ranked as a genius. Uh, um, the number of reports that said, uh, David Shepard must try harder and uh, uh, please let him continue to play with bricks. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's, let's jump into that then, straight into like your, we call it the alpha origins. Like, what did you want to, apart from playing with bricks, what did you want to do when you were growing up? And when did you kind of start to think, ah, this NLP thing, it, it could be good, number one, and I could be not just good, I could really run with this. That's a very good question, actually. So, so I'm from uh, 
a town in uh, the north of the Midlands in, uh, in England called Mansfield, mining town. I think the reason why I wasn't good at school was they didn't really give me a why. I didn't have a, have a, didn't have a reason for being great, you know, I had problems spelling and reading yeah. and writing and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, I, I, was a, I could build radio sets, I could uh, draw electronic diagrams. I was into, majorly into electronics and all that kind of stuff and chemistry. I mean, what I really wanted to do, um, and being completely honest now, when I was 14, 15, I wanted to be the next Elvis Presley. Oh, there you go. I had a band called Shaking Dave Shepard and the Bobcats. <laughs> I still think it's quite a good name for a band, actually. My mum and dad said, well, before you go into the music business, because that's what I wanted to do, I wanted to leave school, do that. I, I wanted to go into the music industry. Uh, mum and dad said, no, go, go to get a degree. Because in those days, a, a degree meant you got a job. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean that here anymore. I don't know what it's like in, the, in America. And I, I did well at that. I, I worked in the city of London and um, software and trading room systems. But I got disgruntled with it, uh, left, set up my own business. So how old were you when you kind of uh, got f fed up with that kind of side of things? And would, would you class that as like an, an awakening moment? That would have been at age 27. Yeah, okay. You know, my dad died uh, quite a, a number of years before then. And my dad was a very important person to me. Um, so him dying unexpectedly, uh, was a was a big thing for me, so that was a big shakeup. I think, yeah, because my 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 dad used to have a saying, and I think he got it from his dad. Um, you never get rich digging somebody else's ditch. <laughs> and you know, I realised even though I was I was earning very good money, that I was digging somebody else's ditch. He yeah to write books, he wanted to have a radio shop, he wanted to have a hi-fi shop. Uh, we'd have never made any money because we'd have just kept all the stock. But, um, <laughs> um, and, but that's what he really wanted to do. And he, he thought, I'm gonna do that when I retire. Yeah. But he, he didn't live that long. He died when he was 52. Mm. Whoa. And I think yeah. that kind of like went into my, my um, what I would call my unconscious mind as well. So, you know, I decided to branch out on my own. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, a lot of people have said to me, wow, it was really brave, naive at best, mm. stupid at worst. I hadn't got a clue what I was doing. I, well, I suppose I really, as well, what happened with your dad, it's like a slap around the face because so many people yeah. always plan for that they're going to do it. They kind of put their dreams on hold till they retire, till this special time. Yeah. But something like that, it really brings it home that, you know, you yeah. can't count on that. That's way too, that's risky. <laughs> Do it now. Yeah. Is my, is my learning from I, that. You'll appreciate this. This is what I see every day on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's from Arnold. He puts a little spin in it. Do it, do it now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. To, to use a rather northern term here in the UK uh, for uh, stand-up comedians, I died on my ass <laughs> um, and wound up very, within a very short period of time being 60,000 pounds in debt, um, which you know, 60,000 pounds is still a lot of money now, but this is yes. 1990. I, I lost the house, I lost the car, I lost the wife. Still can't remember where I left her. Um, 
and you know i'm in this little do you, do you have the term bedsit I don't know if they, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, probably not. I suppose they'd call it, just to call it a, a very small apartment. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. a single room. Yeah, one bed apartment um, or, yeah, a studio flat where or something. The, yeah. Studio, yeah where, yeah, where the sofa is the bed. You know, you can sit on the sofa, you can yeah. cook your food, you can watch the TV. Yeah. Efficient That's living is what we're talking about, yeah. Efficient, yeah. <laughs> but the great thing that came out of all of that was I discovered this guy called Tony Robbins, which I think, you know, I know you know about, yeah, uh, and I'm sure lots of your uh, listeners and viewers will know about too. Um, and I bought his book, Unlimited Power, in 1990, 1991. Mind blowing stuff. I never even thought about this kind of thing before. Yeah. Um, and as a result of that, I decided that, you know, what I really wanted to do was NLP. Um, borrowed, begged, you know, whatever, everything I could to fly over to uh, Costa Mesa in California. Yeah. To do my NLP practitioners training. And I, and I actually totally believed at that point in time that my destiny was doing sales training. Yeah. With NLP. But my experience over the week was so beyond my expectations and I thought wow this is what I want to do yeah for the rest of my life um and uh so in 1993 I from California uh found a, a friend of mine Sally who you, who you know yeah yeah uh, and said right set up a company um because when I get back we're doing NLP training and that was the performance partnership. Yep. And it's still, still going strong. Within that, since the company's been started, I suppose, obviously the involvement with Tony really helped get it, get it off the ground. But who really helped or inspired you to take it to another level? It could be, it could be him again, or it could be you know, other people that you've come across during the process. Well, it was Tony Robbins that awakened me to the single neuro-linguistic program. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, for people listening as well, I mean, because I think, uh, you know, it's, it's better coming from someone like you than me. How would you describe or, you know, what is, I see it on your website, it's, it's that key question. Sometimes you're like, I kind of get, what is NLP? And I suppose that would, whoa. that would be the skill in trying to just, in trying to simplify it in a terms of someone maybe who has literally not even heard of NLP before, or they've yeah. literally heard of the, the letters and that's all they know. Yeah. Thanks for that, Adam. <laughs> just drop you in there. <laughs> Uh, I think one of the things really is that for me is that NLP is the difference that makes a difference. So you've got people who are what we might call naturals, natural performers, natural presenters, natural salespeople, um, natural parents. Um, These people are just, just, they're just born with it. Yeah. You know? Do those people exist? Yes, they absolutely do. Am I one of them? No. <laughs> so, um, not, a, not a natural born presenter, performer, uh, salesperson or anything. Um, so the thing that NLP really is about is about going, okay, this person who is a natural, 
what are they doing? You know, what, what do they do with their body? What's the structure of their thinking? How do they communicate with their voice? Being able to, what we call an NLP, modeling that. Being able to install it in ourselves in, or inside of other people. So that when they use their physiology in the same way, they structure their thinking in the same way, they structure the words in the same way, they get the same result. Yeah. Uh, and that for me is what NLP is about. I, I was a totally awful, dreadful presenter. Mm. Speaking. Uh, I mean, I couldn't speak for toffee. <laughs> um, whereas now, you know, I'm on a stage of some, some kind 200 days a year. Wow. Well, that itself, I need to talk about that because that's a, yeah, that's a lot of, um, I remember when I was speaking to Sally as well. Yeah. You, you, uh, you, you've got the skills and you're using them. You're out there. <laughs> yeah. And Adam, the thing, the thing about NLP is that I, I learned that from NLP. That's not yeah. what, what I was able to do in the, in the, in the, in the outset. Mm. Um, the reason why my first business failed was because I didn't know how to sell, but equally I didn't have the belief that I could do. And with NLP, I changed all of that. Yeah. You know, everyone's always selling something, whether it's an idea or, you know, have to sell this podcast to, you know, if, if you don't think it's worth any value, you wouldn't have come on. So it's you, everyone's yeah. selling something. So everyone's a salesman, whether they like it or not. And, um, again, what I find inspiring from obviously what you're saying there in terms of you weren't you know a natural born of all these different things and so many people who are you know and, and they have that they sometimes just sort of fob it off and say oh it's charisma or something like that and again to reference a, a book i've been reading recently <laughs> the thing i liked and i, I still what I, I just look back and what i highlight in it the charisma pattern that you put in there and literally breaking down you know charismatic speakers you know really digging into and studying what they do. So people who maybe aren't naturally it comes across, it's very inspiring to know that you can learn this. You maybe, can learn it. Yeah, and maybe you might not be to their level, but you never know because they might take it for granted and they just do it. Whereas you're gonna get in, you're gonna obviously see results, get better and run with it as potentially that you've done. It's, it's impressive. Adam, I was doing a, um, a training this weekend um, called Empowerment Millionaires. I don't know if you've come across Chet Holmes, Chet Holmes, I hadn't massively, but the, I was interviewing someone yesterday and they worked with Chet Holmes, so they explained it all to me. So I get he sort of linked to Tony Robbins where he used to be or he did yeah, some stuff. Yeah. yeah, Tony Robbins is a big speaker on business mastery. Uh, then unfortunately, Chet Holmes died. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, Chet Holmes died. And then um, another friend of mine, Eric Edmeads, um, taken over the kind of like mantle, which is how I got introduced to Chet Holmes. Uh, <clears throat> but um, I was um, doing Empower Millionaires, and one of the things that Chet Holmes talks about is forget the elevator pitch. Uh, uh, elevator pitch. What you need is a stadium pitch. As ah. in, if you got. A room full of 10,000 people and you you've got a particular thing that you want to sell then only three percent of those people are buying now another seven percent are kind of gonna buy it at some point in time yeah 
But if you if you walk out on the stage and say, right, I'm selling office equipment. Yeah. Three percent are going to be buying office equipment right now. Seven percent are going to be buying it very shortly. The other ninety percent are going to walk out. So your stadium pitch is: How do you keep everybody in the room, even the people who don't think they're interested? Yeah. And so I taught I taught the the guys on Empower Millionaires this this uh, this concept, and uh, it took them a while to get their head around it. To yeah. Be honest with you. But they got it. They got it yesterday morning, actually, on the on the day three of the of the Empowerment Millionaires training. They got it, and uh, it wasn't planned in the um, in the training. But they went. One of them went like, "Can I give my stadium pitch now?" Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, and we've had people who've done presenting magically. Yeah. No prep. No nothing. Every single one of them was brilliant. I mean, some of them had me, and all they did was like a minute. Yeah. If a minute, maybe 30 seconds. Some of them had me in tears. Wow. With the, with the message that they put across. Yeah. I'm going, if I was in their audience, I'd be buying. Well, that's I, so, I love the way you put that in terms of not focusing on what, like that 90% of the people, you know, you've got to get them interested. And I'm thinking back to, you know, when, you, when I saw you speak, regardless of whether someone was interested in what potentially was selling down the line, like that 90%, everyone was just engaged in the story. And just if, like, if someone's telling an interesting story, regardless of who you are, you know, you're, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, you want to know. And so that's the, the stories thing came across huge in, um, when I watched you present. And then I really liked when we break it down to the next level. And when I started to looking at the book and reading presenting Mag magically, the, the metaphors and really yes. getting the tactics of starting certain stories. Cause again, without thinking about it, you, you start a story and you finish it. But I like the way of you know, going the other where you start a few stories and it's all like strategic and how you then, which ones you finish and how you finish it. And it's which points you want to make. And I, I just I found that so interesting. Love it. Well, I mean, you know, this is what movies do, isn't it? They open storylines, yep. then they don't finish them. It's what soap operas are absolutely magical about. Um, it's such a powerful technique. It really is. Yeah. What would you say? Um, and again, I'm going to assume a lot of people listening, we kind of jump through the, the very basics of assume someone's given a presentation or speaking, whether it's um, in a small business scenario or to big stages. What do you find some of the key mistakes people make, even when they're an established speaker or some things where you, for you, with your background, you watch it and you just think, oh, if they did this one thing, it would just be so much more powerful. What are some of the things you see sometimes? The most important thing comes down to the state you're in, uh, about being uh, relaxed and about being comfortable. Uh, and there are techniques, you know, that, that can enable you to do that. Even if you have a phobia of public speaking, you know, which is, which is the number one phobia in America is public speaking. I don't know if you know that. I thought um, it might be. <laughs> the, the number two though is dying. <laughs> well, that's some big players or that is a definitely a big player. <laughs> I'd rather die than do a wedding speech or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're a bit more balanced here in the UK. Uh, it's the number two fear in the UK. spiders. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting for a country that has no indigenous dangerous spiders. That's the number one fear. 
Yeah, uh, the spiders in England, you've got no worries. So that's, that, that's the first thing, being relaxed and comfortable. And then I think the real biggest thing is being totally comfortable being yourself in front of the audience. Yeah. And that people think they've got to be somebody else, that they're not, they aren't personally good enough for whatever it may be. And my experience is that everyone is more than good enough. And everyone has their own personal story to tell. If they were just to be themselves and tell their personal story, the audience would be captivated. Yeah. But they think they've got to be a Tony Robbins. They think they've got to be... Uh... Yeah. It's, it's interesting you say this, because I'm just thinking back to even the event we're at. And when, even if they're a very good speaker, when so, if someone goes on stage or they go and speak, and all of a sudden it's like they switch, and it's yes. like a different person, straight away, even if they're really good, there's, obviously there's, there's questions in your mind, like I just, just without even consciously thinking about it, why are they different or why do they have to switch? And like, yeah. why, why is, that, is that not the same person you're just talking to five minutes before or after? It's just, yeah, uh, yeah it's very yeah. interesting. It's, it's, but you're being confident in who you are. That's, that's a good, good point. <laughs> that, that's totally it. And so what a friend of mine, uh, Richard Hawkins, who now has a, a very successful financial business in Chicago, uh, what he used to say about people was he'd say, okay, they're big front, small back. <laughs> this big thing out the front but behind them was this little <laughs> and if you if you scratch the surface then you'd find the person behind it but they would do absolutely everything they could possibly do to make sure you didn't find that but you can't I mean I, I speak to an audience of some size 200 days a year Imagine doing that 200 days a year. You, you couldn't do it. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be burnt out. Yeah. So, you know, quite often people say to me, how do you do that? Well, it's because when I walk out on stage, whether it's in front of five people or 5,000 people, I'm me. And, it, it, and it's a kind of belief set that goes, this is all there is. If that's okay, then great. Yeah. Uh, if you want more than me, then I can't give it. So please leave if you want to. People don't, people don't <laughs> leave because every single person, when they are truly who they are, whether in front of one person or 10,000 people or 100,000 people, they're more than enough. Yeah. I think what any audience really wants from a speaker or a presenter or a trainer is they want to know and they want to get to know who you are. And that's, and that's really all they want. Yeah. And as soon as they've got that, then, you know, they're, they're, they're happy. And they, and they also become very, very forgiving. <laughs> yeah. Cause they can feel you're being honest with them. Now, a lot of people, because I train trainers and, and all this kind of stuff, I train people to do the same thing as me. Um, and they say, oh, you know, I can't be, uh, will I ever be as good as you? Because you're like a peer. And I'm like, well, you know, it's only taken me 24 years to become an overnight success. 
um, you know, that's practice. Two hundred days. And it's interesting you say about being being yourself because when I when I saw you as well, I just couldn't believe how like you said about the being relaxed. You were so relaxed, and it did. Again, obviously talking to you just before, it is like you continued our conversation, but up on stage in front of a load of people, um, and it it looked like you could do it. 200 days a year you know all day because it was you know it was you being you as opposed to again and there's nothing wrong with jumping around I, I do like to have some energy but if that's not you that's going to be absolutely exhausting if you think you know if you're being very strategic and um yeah so it's, it's very interesting um in terms of this is really our alpha round of resources or specific questions uh, about you and what you'd like to recommend i know we're going to we're going to talk about your app as well um, I think it's a great resource. That could be the resource that we mentioned. In terms of a, a book around this subject, apart from maybe the ones you've written, <laughs> is, there, um, is there any other books that were impactful? And it doesn't have to be NLP. It, it might be, but that really had an impact that you like to recommend to people. But what got me started on that more esoteric, more spiritual path, at the same time as Tony Robbins, actually, it, it, it coincides um, would be The Way of the Peaceful Warrior ah. by Dan Millman. That book had a big impact on me. Um, and a guy who actually I got to know quite well, because um, he was my kind of like, we're gonna, this guy is such a massive guru, and then I ended up actually getting to know him quite well, uh, was a guy called Stuart Wilde. He died a couple of years ago, unfortunately. You know, when I first set up my own business, I had major money problems and, and stuff because I'd lost a lot of money. Um, and uh, Stuart had written this book called The Trick to Money is Having Some. <laughs> um, and now that's genius. <laughs> and what he's talking about is having some up here. You know, it's a, it's a total play on words. It's, and even today, you know, and probably, probably more today, um, than it was when he wrote it in the late 80s, early 90s, because he wrote that book when we were going through this big depression, recession. Yeah. And it's an absolutely phenomenal book. So what's in that book around your mindset around money mm. uh, really uh, enabled me to go from this very dark place financially to a very, a very good place. So yeah, unlimited power. Um, trick to money is having some. Where the peaceful warrior. And the the interesting thing was that, um, uh, and I devoured these books because at the time, the amount of money I got, I could only buy one book a month. Yeah. So I used to, I'd read the same book all month. <laughs> or buy a new one until the next month. You know. Uh, so I got to know those books quite well. Um. <clears throat> Now, I would say, um, I love Tim Ferriss. Yes, these are, you've got, these are my, again, when people ask me, this was kind of one of the early books that started to change things for me. Yeah. Very well thumbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, his new one, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can, and this is home defense as well. You can take someone out of this. This is, this yes. is my reference yeah. manual at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but Tim Ferriss is very NLP. What he's, what he's doing is he's stripping back everything and going like, okay, how do we, you know, he calls them mind hacks, life hacks, body hacks, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in a great book was the, uh, was the four hour body, mm. 
which just stripped the whole thing back as far as like, you know, if you work it out in the gym for several hours a day, uh, not only are you damaging your body, you're wasting your time. Yeah, so it's, that's the important thing, yeah, wasting your time. <laughs> we don't want to simplify it too much, but around sort of the thought of tools and hacks, is there any kind of resource that maybe you use in your everyday life or something that you think is useful? It could be very minor or very small that you would recommend that it's, you know, almost like you're, you wouldn't, people wouldn't stumble across it really. We've got this thing in LP which says, there's no such thing as an unresourceful person, only unresourceful states. And I think, you know, and I see this over and over and over again, that people have way more ability, way more skill than they believe they have. And what happens is they go into, a, into an emotional state that doesn't enable them to tap into the genius. I guess that would be yeah. the things in what, whatever anybody's doing, whether it's speaking, whether it's presenting, whether it's selling, whether it's in their relationship or whatever it is, we all have doubts. We all have fears. We all have what in NLP we call limiting beliefs, etc. Which, you know, within NLP and the other things I teach, we've got strategic ways of getting rid of those. And in the moment, you don't have time to do that. In the moment, what you do is you just, how do I want to be? Yeah. And act as if you're that person. Pretend you're that person. Act as if you can do it. Pretend you can do it. And, you know, sometimes you pretend so well, you fool yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that's a real life skill, I think. Definitely. Well, I was, I was going to ask you for a quote in a minute, but I mean, a quote that just sprung to mind I shared this week. I think it was uh, Seth Godin. It was, um, you are more, more powerful than you think you are. Act accordingly. And, yeah. And, and it just spring into mind. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, who would you think or recommend would be someone great to interview um, on the podcast? Who do you think would fit the show and have something of value to share? For, obviously, like from, from your network um, and potentially from outside your network, if it was someone you think, if, if I could get them on, you would definitely tune in to the show. Steve McDermott. Yep. Definitely. Um, he's a very, very, very uh, successful motivational speaker but not in your usual style um he's a yorkshireman <laughs> um, and uh, you know lots of people think motivational speaker or whatever. Uh, he's not like that uh whenever i think of yorkshireman i just think of again it, I'm, I'm assuming he is but it's just in my head yorkshireman is sean bean <laughs> he's the game of thrones um yeah. and i just think yorkshire <laughs> Yeah, and he gets everywhere. I love him. <laughs> That's what Steve's like. Um, and, you know, over here, the big people on the speaking circuit have done something. They've, they've climbed Everest on one leg. Yep. Uh, they've, uh, you know, they've fought with sharks or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Steve's done all that. <laughs> so he's got no major achievement to talk about other than his own life and his family. And yeah. Life. 
uh, and he's he's wonderful, and he's got a real message to share as far as that's well, concerned. I, I, what I like about that, just before even knowing any more of the story, so many people will say, oh, it's okay for them to be this motivational speaker or inspirational because you know they fought sharks, or because I can't do that because I haven't done X, Y, Z. And he's just from Yorkshire, just saying. Steve's done all yeah. that. <laughs> He's brilliant. He's great. Awesome. I would say another person that, again, I can introduce you to would be Greg Secker. Okay. Um, particularly around his beliefs around money, wealth, and finance. Um, really nice guy. Good friend of mine as well, so I can introduce you to him. Brilliant. Uh, I'm sure he'd be totally willing to do it. Um. Who, who outside of mine yep. would, would I go like, wow, yep. um, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, and I've been tracking him since the, the early days because my podcast launched the same week as his. And so we were like, I, I'd like to say neck and neck, but again, because I was in England at that time, um, I think it's when America was sleep, sleeping, I would go ahead. <laughs> and so I'd take the screenshots, so I've got it. But yes, I, uh, I need to... St- ha- I wouldn't say harass him again, but I need to uh, swing back round and uh, try and get him on. Um, <laughs> but no, I'd love to have him on. Yeah, he's in my sights, but I, I think you'll get him before me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Challenge, challenge is on. I need to go work on that. What's the best way people can connect with you? I know we mentioned the app a few times. If they want to find out more about all that you do, uh, probably the uh, the app is the is the is the best way. Uh, it's taken me a year to put it together. Yeah. I, I realized that there was um, things were moving and we, we needed to be able to put our message across in, in, a, in an audio format that people didn't have to show up in a training for. And it gave me a really fantastic excuse for building my own recording studio. <laughs> I always wanted, you know, so I could actually put that off as a business expense, recording studio. And uh, I started recording products trainings if you like yeah. and cds and, and then videoing them on dvd and uh we we were actually uh, the first nlp training company to put our uh, practitioner training out on cd and out on dvd with actually uh, videos of the demonstrations yeah in the world um, oh. and that was probably um in the late 90s I, i've been creating material since then but the world's changed you know, we now get people phone us up going, what's a CD? Uh, I don't have a CD player. How am I going to do this stuff? Yeah. So uh, what I decided was to put all of my resources, yeah. which is thousands of pounds worth, of, previously thousands of pounds worth of material, into an app. Yeah. On your phone, on your tablet, whatever, whether it be Apple or whether it be Android. And um, it's got hundreds of hours. It's got presenting magically. Just that alone, just see, that's my understanding because obviously I've read, read the book. That is, yeah. I mean, when you told me about this idea and I, I think I, I just recently, I've got sort of Tony Robbins breakthrough sort of app and it's, I think that's, it's so user-friendly. And like you say, there's so much content in, and then what you're doing as well, there's just so much value. And it's, for anyone listening, if you've got any value out of this, I mean, this is scratching the surface and it's, it's a no-brainer. From what, And I, we have the link to that in the, in the show notes over at the website. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, presenting magically there, it's six audio CDs, it's four DVDs. So you actually get, you know, the thing with the book is you, don't, you can't hear, because I'm demonstrating the whole yeah. thing all the whole time. 
both auditorily and visually. Well, that's, that's in the app. You see me actually doing it. You see me doing the metaphors. You see me doing the postures, the gestures, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited about it. Um, and uh, I, I chose the Netflix model. Uh, I, I didn't, to be honest with you, <laughs> I didn't know whether when I thought about it, I was an idiot or <laughs> everybody told me I was an idiot because my idea was to give it all for a month for free. Yeah. And then after that, Netflix, $6.99 a month. Everybody, everybody I spoke to went like, you're mad. This is crazy. You know? Well, it's the sort of thing like, you, like you, you make the decision, but like you say, depending on your business model and what you want to go for, you could have quite easily said like, you know, six ninety nine a month or, you know, whatever within that because of what the value is that's in there. Yeah. Um, it's just, again, but the, again, like by going that price point, you just remove so many barriers and it's just an absolute no brainer. And to, in another sense, be, like being completely honest, why would you ever cancel? Yeah. <laughs> it's the reality. It was exactly the reason why I wanted to do it because in 1993, when I did my practitioner training, uh, the experience that I had was so overwhelming that I decided in that instant that every single person ever had to have access to this such empowering information. Probably finally achieve what I wanted to achieve in 1993 yeah. was making available what I'd experienced in that week to as many people as possible. And that's, that's really what the app's about. Awesome. Te um, technology caught up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, again, for being on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We've, this is just loaded with value in this one. This may be an extended one or I may have to, I don't know, cut, cut this down and just, so it's just pure loaded with content. But, um, and I'd like to close with really your, your alpha quote or how you like to live your life by. So you're going to get the final word on this one, which is rare for my interviews because I can't stop talking. <laughs> so. um, um, but it's a, it's a, actually it's a, um, a saying, which is from one of my mentors um, in Hawaiian Huna, which is what I was doing, uh, Uncle George Naopi. And uh, unfortunately, he's, he's no longer with us. Um, th this is one of the things he used to say, and I'm, I'm going to channel him to be able to, pr <laughs> to pronounce it correctly. But it's Oe Pau Ko Ike I Alao, which translates to think, think not that all wisdom is in your school. You know, that that's, means a lot to me because you know, a lot of people in our industry think they know everything and they have got the one right way. Uh, and I think as soon as you think that, you're, you're done. You're finished. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. you have any interest in podcasts, living life to the max, and how you can get your own TEDx talk within the next three months, you need to reach out to me. Head over to ayalpha.com, head over to Facebook, and search for Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, and jump on the inside. Let's connect. Let's take it to the next level. 
I'm with you on this journey every week. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.